Welcome to I Change the Narrative, a podcast for and about Black men inspiring, supporting, and empowering Black men and Black boys. This episode of I Change the Narrative is sponsored by So Organic, So Suave, also known as Sauce. Sauce is a luxury hair care and skin care refuge for those with thick hair and melanin-rich skin. From healthy beard growth to top of head hair styling to a illuminating skin care regimen, Sauce Essentials will naturally enhance your outer appearance to strengthen your inner confidence. Sauce invites you to accept the authenticity authenticity and real self-care and embrace your best. You can find Sauce's award-winning grooming essentials online at sossd.co. Again, that's sossd.co. You can also follow Sauce on Instagram for the latest in product news and updates at sossd.co. Elevate your grooming with sauce today. Today's topic is Black Love Matters. This week's celebration is by no means meant to insinuate the love of people from other races don't matter. It's just that Black love needs extra TLC, extra attention, and needs to be extra spotlighted to combat many of the negative stereotypes and images we see Daily. Before we start the conversation, I want to ask our guests to tell us about yourselves, where you're from, and the work that you're involved in that lends itself to the topic or lived experience. We're going to start with Sean. Thank you. So, Yannicka, just thrilled to be here uh, with you and, and Troy, and uh, I'm all in for the topic, and uh, I'm also all in for this sauce. The way you uh, describe that product, I'm like, I'm ready to order right now. So uh, my name is Sean Dove. Uh, I am a native New Yorker, have lived in every borough except for Staten Island. Uh, I am currently married uh, to my divine mate, Desiree. I am Nia, Maya, and Cameron's uh, dad. Uh, this is my second marriage, right? So uh, I'm in going into my uh, 60th year, right? And uh, so I'll be 60 this year. Uh, I know I don't look it, uh, but, you know, interesting that my, uh, one of my leadership mantras is love, learn, lead. I currently am the founder of the Corporation for Black Male Achievement, which is a uh, publishing and consulting firm that curates stories of loving, learning, and leading for and by Black men and boys. Uh, I also uh, serve as a managing partner for a venture philanthropy firm uh, called New Profit, where we invest in and support uh, breakthrough social entrepreneurs that are making change. And uh, most recently, uh, am the co-author of I Too Am America on loving and leading Black men and boys. And uh, I'll just close before turning it over to Troy that, you know, one of my mission mantras uh, in life is that, you know, there is no cavalry coming to save the day in Black communities. Mm -hmm. That we are the iconic leaders that uh, we have been waiting for, curators of the change we're seeking to see. Um, and uh, love is at the heart of that. So I'm just uh, excited to uh, be in this conversation with you today. Thank you so much, Sean. Troy. Nika, 
Yes. Thank, thanks so much for having me on today. And it's a pleasure to be here with you and Sean. Uh, it's uh, it's always good to talk about black love. <laughs> um, so for, for those of, of you listening, um, my name is Troy Spry. I am a certified dating and relationship coach. I am a speaker and I am author of the book. I'll show you the book. Teach me how to love while what you don't know will hurt you. That's the name of the book. And so um, my mission is very simple. Uh, better people, better mates, better relationships and better communities. So I believe that they all go hand in hand. And so what I believe is that we have to first help people become better people so that they can then become better mates and then come together to create better relationships and then our communities flourish. Um, so that's what I do through my platform, through all kinds of mediums, whether it's you know shows like this or whether it's the book or whether it's speaking engagements, coaching sessions, whatever it is, that's what I do. That's how I contribute to society. Awesome. Thank you so much again for joining this conversation and being a blessing to our listeners. So the first thing that I want to ask you all is um, to talk to us about the power of Black love. Anyone can go for it. Sure. I'll just dive in really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, It is immeasurable power. Mm-hmm. Uh, black love is at the heart of self-love as, as Black people. It is at the heart of our culture. It is our music. It is at our, in our relationships. And uh, I was listening uh, before we got on to uh, Frankie Beverly's uh, a Joy and Pain, right? And so when we talk about Black love, there are uh, blessings that come with Black love, but there are also burdens that come with black love, right? So taking the risks to love, um, you will be hurt, right? And I think it, uh, you know, something that Troy said in his logic is, uh, I used to say that there is no logic model for love, but Troy just proved me wrong, right? And describing his logic model, I think that it begins uh, with self, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That too often uh, we are looking out the window looking for love in the wrong places when we need to be looking in the mirror and finding some self-love uh, uh, first. And the thing that I will say before passing it on to Troy uh, is that everything about uh, our existence on in this country, since we were thrown to the shores of this country uh, 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 four centuries ago, has been the antithesis of black love. Uh, mm-hmm. Our families were taken apart. Our culture was taken apart. Uh, we have been uh, subject to what Thomas Burrell, who wrote Brainwash, said that was the most sophisticated marketing campaign uh, that the American white supremacists created to convince us that we were inferior. So black mm-hmm. love says that that's a lie, that we are not an inferior people, that we are a worthy people, uh, worthy of love. Yes. Good stuff there, Sean. Um, And I I would just follow that by saying um, Black love matters because Black examples matter. Um, So if we take it really to a more practical sense, um, I like to do really practical things when I coach people and talk to people. And I'm like, it's really hard to emulate what you haven't seen. Mm. And so if you haven't seen black love, how do you create black love? And so that's why black love matters. So you have to be able to see examples of black people loving each other so that we can shift the narrative around the fact that we hate each other. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Because the world will have you to believe that we don't like each other, that we don't love each other, that we're always at odds when realistically that's not the case. It's just what is being shown. And so I think that matters because examples matter. But I also think black love matters because black wealth matters. Mm. Right. And when you start thinking about black love and you start t- thinking about coming together as a community, black dollars matter, especially when we put people together and we have dual incomes and we create legacies and families and wealth. That's how we change the trajectory of generations is through wealth and through good examples and through new knowledge. So to me, that's why black love really, really does uh, matter. And also one more thing, black love matters because other people outside of the black community need to see black love, right? They need to understand too, that it's really hard to treat people with the respect they deserve if you don't see examples of them treating each other that way. Right. Okay. Because Uh a lot of people outside of our community don't even know any better. The only example they have is what the media shows them. (laughs) And so it matters that we love on each other and that we create better families. So that's what I would say. Mm, That's good. Yeah, that is good. I agree with you. And that was, that's the sole purpose of I change the narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, It's because that if we don't tell our stories, others will get it wrong. Others will get it incorrect. The purpose of this particular show, this particular topic, excuse me, is because I felt like we do not see enough Black couples in commercials, in movies, in television shows. We're seeing a little bit here or there. But um, for example, Hallmark, Hallmark mm-hmm. um, they, I'm, I'm seeing more and more Black actors acting on Hallmark. However, I'm seeing interracial couples. Yes. yes I'm sir. I'm happy to see our people on there because, we, again, we've come some way, not a long way, we've come some way. Um, but I think that if we demonstrate that there are Black couples that, and if we keep on pushing that message, pushing that narrative, then others will begin to change their concepts of us and what they're, they're used to seeing. So. No, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. I think the representation does matter, but a lot of times the representation isn't us together. Right. What we do see consistently is single black motherhood on television yeah. and in media. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that narrative painted consistently. Mm-hmm. In in movies and in, in TV shows where black men aren't involved in the situation, and we know that's not what the data suggests. You know, overall, it's just what the narrative is that's been created around it. So I agree. I don't think it's just about having one black person being shown on the big screen or in media or in books, or whatever. It's got to be two black people together showing another example. So I'll pass it over to Sean. What you think? So. One of my mantras is that we have to become masters of our own media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nika, what you are doing right now is the, the peer personification of becoming masters of our own media. And in 2022, if you have a cell phone, uh, a iPhone, smartphone, you are instantly a publisher. You are a step storyteller. Uh, there's a brother in my net, uh, network, Travian Short, is the founder of a Be Me community. And one of the things that Travian says is that we lead the lives uh, of the stories we tell about mm-hmm. ourselves. Yes. So we have to be the narrators of our own stories. 
Um, and so that is like really powerful and the imagery, uh, even from uh, another brother in my network, uh, David Miller is um, a publisher of so many children's books. And his focus is making sure that our children are reading and seeing affirming images yeah. of themselves. And when we talk mm -hmm. about media, we can go back to 1915, uh, D.W. Griffith's The Birth of a Nation. Mm -hmm. And what that film yeah. did to demonize, criminalize black men as monsters, as predators. And what I love about what you are doing um, in like change the narrative, uh, reconstruct the narrative, um, and even expanding the narrative. Mm -hmm. uh, I love like creating platforms for other voices. And another voice is yeah. Brother Shaka Sincor, who I encourage you to have on the show. Okay. Uh, he has a book out now called uh, Letters to the Sons of Society, where he's writing essentially love letters to his sons, right? And mm -hmm. while I know that we have started like uh, 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 talking about love between husband and wife, I think it's also important uh, between father and son, mother and daughter, uh, you know, no matter what your gender or uh, sexual orientation uh, may, may be. And so we have to expand the narrative and something that uh, what I appreciate about Troy and his mission, he's a coach, right? Mm -hmm. And we need coaching when it comes to love. We have a generation of young people who are growing up on pornography mm. and thinking pornography is love, right? Ooh, yeah. Talk about it. Construct. So I wish, and I, you know, I'm a, a pseudo coach from what I learned in my, well, not, I was gonna say my first marriage, but in both marriages, but what he is doing and elevating his practice, we all need coaches uh, for love. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally. It's it's one of these things where if you really think about it, most people's example is all they know. No one really tells us that we have to learn about love, right? That we have to learn how to navigate relationships, that we have to learn how to communicate, that we have to learn how to be interdependent. All you have is what you saw. Unless you and usually what you saw, either you're gonna repeat that or run from it. But what about that middle space where you know there's a skill sets? that we have to actually teach each other. Cause I, I always find it baffling how we, we give people a marriage license without a test, right? We give them a marriage license without any experience. We give them a marriage license and we let them create a whole relationship and a whole family together without requiring any skills to be a part of it, right? So if that's the case, we're bound to not get it right. <laughs> you see what I mean? Right, if you, what, what schooling or what, if you're a lawyer, what you got to do? You got to practice some stuff. You see what I mean? I think that's one of the issues with black love sometimes is we think it's good enough to just be together. Right. But ultimately what happens is we, we get together. We are happy. It's black love. But then we hit some seasons and we don't have a how to navigate those seasons. And now the narrative becomes, oh, I should have never got married. You know, black love doesn't matter or it's hard being married. And it becomes all these negative stories being told right? Mm. About black love. So now what it does is it just takes the whole, you, you, you built it up just to break it back down. <laughs> you 
You see what I mean? So that's why I would see this, this black love thing really matters. So I appreciate what you said, Sean. And and so I don't know between Troy and I, Anika, I don't know if you're gonna get another question in. So uh, you might just wanna, uh, you know, chill. chill. So I'm so happy. Um, <laughs> Troy had mentioned uh, and connected uh, black love to black wealth. Mm -hmm. uh, I also wanna connect it to black health. Mm. And when we talk about health, uh, our mental, spiritual, emotional well-being, it is almost impossible to have a conversation about Black love, in my estimation, without having a conversation about Black trauma mm -hmm. and our generational trauma yeah. that uh, we bring unreconciled and unrecognized trauma that we bring into relationships not with not only with each other but with ourselves right mm. trauma that tells us that um physical oh he doesn't love me unless he's smacking me up right he doesn't mm. love me uh unless you know uh there's a wall there even for men and being able to show our vulnerability uh, it took my wife years, my, uh, Desiree, to reconcile the fact that if I cry as a man, mm -hmm. that it's okay that the world is not coming to an end because her uh, uh, um, lived experience, men don't cry. Hmm. As a man, you cried, that meant you were weak. Right. Mm -hmm. And it took a while for her to say, oh, uh, my husband can be both sensitive and strong at the same, you know, the same, he can have both, all of those qualities. And so we mm -hmm. bring that into relationships uh, with us when we start talking about black love. Oof. You said yeah. something there. Yeah. About that, that vulnerability piece. Um, I see so often, Nika and Sean, I see so often where, and I have to say this often to a lot of women about black men is you can't want men to have feelings just when it's convenient for you. Right. And, oh. and so men are a, not a monolith and, and men are multifaceted. Yeah. You just haven't been given permission to be multifaceted or emotional. Mm. And so now I think we're getting to a space where we're asking for that permission because what women don't know a lot of times is that as we get the permission to be more emotional, we then become more intimate with them, right? Mm -hmm. We can allow ourselves to become more intimate. I mean, I've seen so many women like, you know, he, he doesn't show any affection. He doesn't show any love. And he, he thinks love is protecting and providing. Mm -hmm. That's what his definition of it is because society told him that's his definition. But yet she's missing closeness. She's missing emotional closeness and intimacy. And he's like, and he's like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. But she's like, no, I'm not getting the closeness that I need from you, right? Or the affection that I need from you. And he, he now he's in a catch-22. He's like, okay, I've never been taught how to do this. So I think now yeah. I'm starting to understand, okay, she needs more from me than just my money, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But she has to be willing also. On the other side, she has to be willing to receive him. Like Sean said, like if, if he comes vulnerable, can you receive him and not be judgmental, wow. right? So Good. that's a, that's the gap that we gotta fill a lot of times on both women and men's side. Yes, that's good right there. Thanks for that, Troy. 
Wow. For sure, man. It's a, it's such a normal. It's a, it, I hear it so often. I see it so much now that mm -hmm. now my light bulbs are on. Like, okay, well, women. What's the number one thing I hear women say about men? They say men are so emotionally unavailable, but mm -hmm. no one ever asks why. No one ever stops to ask the question of why. Why do men sometimes feel emotionally unavailable? Well, they don't even know how to manage their own emotions. Mm -hmm. so how can I make them available to you? That's a risk. Yeah. And, and we've come from scenarios growing up, depending on your experience, where showing emotion or vulnerability or fear what could be life-threatening, right? Mm. Um, and so that wall is there. And one of the things that I would just elevate for, um, when we talk about Black love, and especially for uh, 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 Black men, mm -hmm to work harder on ourselves than we do on the marriage and the relationship. I know in my uh, uh, growing and living and at 59, I'm still adulting, where I am, when I am centered and aligned spiritually and, 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 and in purpose with who Sean is, mm -hmm. I'm a better husband, I'm a better father, uh, but when I am feeling bad about myself, when I am off-centered, guess what? I'm not that great <laughs> as a husband or, uh, or a father. And I think one of the things, and, and some of it is, uh, I think, generational, because I know that uh, fathers, uh, my father, I didn't grow up with my dad, but eventually developed a relationship with him, uh, his generation could not, here's a quick story. I had separate conversations with my biological father uh, and my father-in-law, um, and rest in peace, before he passed away uh, in cancer. And they were telling me in separate instances, uh, stories, the, the story of when they left their family. And they used the same terminology. It was uh, eerie in separate conversations. They said that the walls were closing in on them and they left their families. Hmm. And I am grateful that Troy and I have come of age in a, uh, as black men, where we have permission, it's okay that I can go to Troy and I can say, yo, I'm struggling. The walls are closing in on me. Mm -hmm. I need help. Uh, because to do that in my father's generation, that was a sign of weakness. You cannot be able to do that. So we got to be able to make it okay and model uh, that vulnerability and saying to another brother, uh, I love you. Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't mean uh, mm -hmm. any connotations behind mm -hmm. it, right? I love yes. you. Yes. I love that, man. Go ahead, Nika. You all are repeating everything that was said on last week with the two brothers I had. Um, mm -hmm. last Saturday. So I, I'm appreciating this conversation. What I wanted to ask you all is what surprises you the most about Black love and Black marriages? And bring your experiences as married men to this to this particular question. What surprises mm. you most about, about? What surprises me? I would say the layers of it. Mm -hmm. There's so many layers to Black relationships in marriages, right? Because there's so many more pressures on it. There's so many more thoughts around it. It's like, okay, I got to be a good example for 
my kids. I got to be a good example for the community. I got to be um, a good example for the people at work. I, I got so many layers and the pressure that comes with it that yeah. most people don't really experience. They, they just get the B in their relationships. But a lot of times for us, there's a huge picture. There's a relationship goal we got to put out there. You know, and I, I want to encourage people, though, to say you can just be in your relationship as well. Just make it healthy. Right. If it's healthy, it's going to do its job anyway, because you're going to produce a healthier mate. Right. Because they're going to go out in the world. And they're going to you can tell when someone's happy. You're going to create healthier children. Mm -hmm. Right. Who are going to go out into the world and be more successful and be more free and be more open. You see what I mean? So we can we got to allow ourselves to just be. But I do think that's very surprising. I, I didn't think about it that way when I was younger. But a lot of times you get that's why a lot of people run from it. Right. Speaking of what you said, Sean, a lot of a lot of times you run from it because you're like, wow, it's such a big thing. This black relationship or this black marriage or whatever it is. It's like sometimes I don't feel like I could be enough. You know, can I be enough to actually manage it all? Yeah. <laughs> you see what I mean? But I think as men, we, that's why we got to work on ourselves so that we can feel like we are enough at all times so that we can carry that load and, and still be OK with it. You see what I mean? With our help meets with our wives right by our side, or even, you know, if, even if it's just a girlfriend or whoever it is, we got to be able to do that together. So we don't feel like we all have to carry all the load. Mm -hmm. Whew, that's uh that's good here. And uh, Nika, I'm going to ask if we can like take 10 minutes before we close so I can bring my wife and uh, Desiree into the room. And so uh, uh, Troy can give us a power uh, 10 minute coaching, uh, <laughs> coaching session uh, 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 on the house. Right. And, I got you. I got you. Uh, what's so you know what's been so surprising? Um, mm -hmm. I would say how damn hard it is, mm -hmm. right? That it's not just a seed you plant and walk away and come back and you have a flourishing uh, a garden. Uh, the cultivation, mm -hmm. uh, the attention. And what it took in my relationship in my with my wife in 1994, mm -hmm. different, and it's changed mm -hmm. than it was in 2004. Different and changed in two, 2014. Mm -hmm. So the layers, right? Um, at one point in my evolution, evolution, what was surprising, like, oh. Love is more than sex. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I thought, you know, back in my love dove days, I thought it was all about sex. Um, and the other thing is like, we can go the whole thing. That one question could be the whole show. Mm -hmm. um, I would just reiterate that what is most surprising about black love uh, is the inner work, right? Uh, mm -hmm. that you have to do. That mm -hmm. I always, uh, as I came up and grew up and uh, uh, came of age, I thought it was like external. And you know, love is something I was extrinsic. The intrinsic nature of love was like the aha moment because this is about self-love. This is about do I trust myself, right? Mm -hmm. Or I love myself. Um, how well do I communicate with Sean, mm. let alone communicating with uh, 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 with Desiree? And 
what I will also share before turning it over, when I think about um, the models that uh, Troy was talking about, my grandparents on my father's side, uh, uh, Chana and Lucy Dove, for me was the epitome of when being seen and being loved unconditionally when they would come pick me up and I would spend the weekend with them in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, um, God, I felt loved. Mm. God, I just felt seen. And I knew mm. that uh, I was, you know, that turned the apple of their eye, mm -hmm. right, unconditionally. And uh, that was my model to, uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a little boy, uh, for what love was, and we're talking oh. about black love. Yeah. One more thing I want to add to that that was surprising, just one more piece of the puzzle, is relationships have a way of exposing all the broken pieces of you, mm. right? Mm. And mm. and I wasn't ready for that piece either. Ugh. You know, like sometimes you can put on this armor and be good in the world because most times you're only judged off what you accomplish as a man, okay? You're judged off of accomplishments and successes and the money you have and the things that you attain. But relationship, interpersonal relationships expose the traumas. It exposes the insecurities. It exposes the development that you need to have. And I don't know if most of us are ready for that piece of it, because if you but you always have to get there, because if you don't get there, you don't get to intimacy. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? And, that, and if you're not doing any of that work, if you're not doing the mirror work, <laughs> your relationship is going to fail anyway. So that to me was one of the things I wasn't necessarily you know prepared for, but I'm so glad it happened because now I, I understand me on a level that I never would have before. Yeah, that was really good. Relationships have a way of exposing all the broken pieces. That was deep. Um, and I hear the both of you mentioning about communicating with yourself as black men. What does that mean? What is that about? Help someone. So... I would say when it comes to black love, uh, self-awareness mm. is the master key, right? Uh, not only do we need to know uh, what ticks us off in relationships, we need to know what makes us tick. Mm. And the when I, you know, there's different levels to uh, black love, and I think uh, the spiritual aspect of it. Uh, for me is truly important and the relationship with my God uh, has um, the, is the key lever with the relationship uh, with myself. Yeah. Um, quiet time alone is important. My mornings are sacred time. Uh, journaling, praying, meditation, mm -hmm. um, is important and being able to get with Sean by myself. Because if I can't be by myself and enjoy and love the company of myself, mm -hmm. I want to uh, enjoy the company with uh, uh, someone else, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what's also important, and I've done a lot of work with this uh, in therapy, this notion of uh, self-compassion mm -hmm. and given ourselves grace as black men, cause we have been hardwired conditioned to be doers, achievers, uh, 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 conquerors, 
Uh, we can't show any vulnerability. We can't show uh, any imperfections or flaws in our armor. And I say that that communication uh, with yourself is giving yourself the gift and the grace of uh, imperfection, right? Mm -hmm. we, you know, we're perfect. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To me, that's that's so strong. That's so strong because to, to me, that's that's one of the things that tear relationship. That's one of the reasons men leave. Right. It's because they aren't able to give themselves enough grace to not be perfect. So a lot of people look at it in a malicious way. They say, oh, wait. I, and I, I, I used to think about it that way. When you're younger, you're like, how dare you leave? How dare you abandon your family? How dare you do this and dare you do that? But when you start to become an adult and you understand the pressure, and if there's not a way that people have worked through that pressure, the easiest thing to do is to leave because I don't give myself enough grace to not be perfect at what it is that I'm called to do. You see? And when that happens, the easiest thing for a lot of men is either to act out in a bad way or mm -hmm. to run away. Right? And so we've got to help people, help men still be able to stay and not be perfect at it. Mm. Because that presence, we don't even, a lot of times, men don't think their presence matters. Right? Oh, really? And so... They, they think that they don't, if you don't think you matter, then it's easy to leave, <laughs> right? If you don't think that you are valued, because that's the narrative we get, you don't matter beyond just what you can provide. So I lose that job and I, I can't provide. I don't matter. I leave. You see what I mean? And so we've got to give men the, the permission to be multifaceted, to mm -hmm. be able to, to contribute in ways that are more than just monetary. That's more than just being a tough guy. There's got to be other things that he's that he has that provides value to that family, and I think once we give men that piece, I'm not I'm not excluding men from the provision and the protection part. We still need right. that, right? But there's so many other layers to us that we need women, especially, and our kids, especially, to embrace as well. That's powerful, right there, uh, uh, Troy, and um, and I know that uh, we only have an hour, right, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I am uh, prophetically saying this is a part one of a two-part uh, episode. <laughs> You'll be uh, Nika uh, bringing Troy. I'm volunteering you, Troy, to come back with me. Oh yeah, let's do it. Uh, a piece of the conversation that we cannot ignore when we talk about black love, right? What does it mean to embrace and elevate black love? within a society that is constructed around ideologies of white supremacy, white privilege, and messaging that tells and tries to convince us that Black people, Black love, that everything is that we hear and are presented with um, is uh, the antithesis of black love. So we have to, just like you are doing today, have these conversations and create our own stories of what black love means to us. Because if we rely on the external forces, mm -hmm. we will show up to places and come back home after a day out in the world and feel like we're the Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think it's important. And 
also the policies when we start talking about in the country, you know, criminal justice system, uh, the social welfare system to break up uh, black families. You can't receive a benefit if black men are in the home. So this conversation uh, runs deep when we are uh, begin to talk about uh, uh, black love. And uh, as I, I toss it back to uh, Troy, he said something that's not a monolith, right? Right. Uh, this is such a complex and layered conversation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so Troy, you mentioned something earlier that I would like for you all to address about relationship goals. What are your thoughts? on the whole concept of hashtag relationship goals in this social media age. Ooh. So, so I, I struggle with this one um, yeah. simply because I, I think it's neat. I think black, black love example, relationship examples are needed, but sometimes we are aspiring to be people who we don't have the capacity to be mm -hmm. because of the goal. And so I do think it's meaningful when we see people happy in relationships. Right. That's that's meaningful. But what I, I fear is we only see them happy. You see, we only see the the highlight reel. That's my fear because there's this other space that's the the majority of the relationship that's in the middle, where it's the day to day uh, conflict resolution, it's the day to day communication, it's the um, it's the adulting. It's all the things that go into it. It's the helping, it's the serving, it's the sacrificing. It's all those things that we don't necessarily show. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is when it doesn't feel like the relationship goal, it's easier to leave when you're in the middle space because that space not, is not exciting. That's the boring space. That's oh. the space where people say this. They say, we grew apart or they changed or you know we, we, we just weren't compatible. There, well, the reason why is because you're not willing to understand the seasons of the relationship. Woo! You see what I mean? And oh. so if you don't understand the seasons of it, then the minute you don't have a good season, then you now run. Now it's a, it's time for divorce or it's time to find someone else. You see what I mean? So that's my struggle with this is I, I much rather not see relationship goal. I rather see relationship reality. Right. And if we can show the relationship reality and I think it's, it, it, it lowers the gap between expectation and disappointment. You see what I mean? Because that's the issue right now is there's a lot of expectations and we end up disappointed because it doesn't look like what it looked like on Instagram. Mm. <laughs> right. So yeah. that's why I struggle with it a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly with Troy, uh, Nika and, mm. you know, nobody's posting, you know, the moments they're like curled up in a fetal position and crying mm. because of uh, relationship drama or not really meeting relationship goals. Mm. Uh, I remember um, in an interview uh, with Ruby D and Ozzy Davis, and uh, the question was asked, you know, uh, what's been the secret of your longevity? Mm. And Ruby D said, the secret to our longevity in this marriage is that we never fell out of love with each other at the same time. Mm. And I was like, whoa. And so I think the storytelling of relationships mm -hmm. and the separation 
of families and coming around the table to, so, you know, I was raised by a single mom, right? And so I did not get the opportunity, one, to view, uh, you know, husband and wife interacting, mm-hmm. or even to, you know, this to hear these stories of, uh, of, of resiliency. And so the ability to have intergenerational conversations mm-hmm. um, about, and I think a powerful thing in this conversation is, uh, as you continue this, Nika, is mm-hmm. getting some 20-somethings and 30-somethings on at the same time with us more seasoned. You know, I think I'm an OG. I might have Troy by a couple of decades. But being able to have these those intergenerational Black conversations when we talk about yeah. love and uh, sharing the hard parts. Mm-hmm. Sharing mm-hmm. those parts. And for Ruby D to say, we just never fell out of love uh, 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 with, without each, you know, with each other at the same time. Uh, mm. that's, that, that's powerful. That is. It is. It is. That's it's so man. I, I love that quote. I love that quote, right? Because it's so true. I mean, we we re- we literally think that it all should be sunshine and roses. Like w- w- most people are interested in the wedding and not the marriage. Mm. Mm. And I think that's that's where the disconnect comes. And then it, I see it all the time. We paint the bad narrative. Oh, marriage is bad. Marriage is not a great institution. It's just uh-huh. a piece of paper. Yeah. All these things start to happen. No one talks about because what do people want to see? People don't love seeing other people happy. Yeah. <laughs> you see, what I mean, they don't love. That's not gonna. It's boring to talk about the day to day stuff in a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's boring. But if I talk about some negative stuff, oh man, the internet will blow up on it. Or if I do a relationship goal where it's cute, then people it'll blow up. But the middle part, the day to day, nobody nobody's talking about that that part of it. And I think we do people a disservice. I'm very adamant uh, with my wife and with my kid. My kid is six, and I'm very intentional about allowing her to see the day to day. Right? I'm I'm adamant about her seeing me not always happy with my wife, but also seeing me uh, really happy with my wife, but never seeing dysfunction. Okay. And, and so to me, I'm intentional about that. I want her to see us conflict resolute. Right? I want her to, to, to see that daddy's not always happy and daddy gets sad sometimes. But I also want her to see that the majority of the time daddy is healthy and, and, and engaged and all those things. So I'm intentional about that. I don't want to, you know what we used to do or our parents used to do? They go in the room and they close the door, right? And say, yeah. stay out of grown folk business, yes. right? That, that's what they would do. But all you heard was yelling and screaming out of that door. You see what I mean? You never saw them actually work through a situation together, right. <laughs> you know? And so to me, those are the things that we got to change with our kids and stuff and such to help them see that there's a middle ground to all this. Wow. Mm, that's good. That's good right there. That is good. How, how do we demonstrate this, the middle part, this middle season as you're, you're referring to, to it? How do, how do, how do, is that demonstrated for all to see? That's a that's a good good question. It's like how do we how do we do that and people and it becomes critical mass of it, right? Exactly. Um, that's really what you're what you're kind of asking. Mm-hmm. And I think, see, look, we show stuff like this. You see the kid in the background while I'm hey. trying to while I'm trying to talk right now. Okay. <laughs> you hear that? 
I've that's told her okay. three or four times, stop yelling. And that's what she's doing. But anyway, that's so okay. my point, so in terms of like critical mass, like I, I think we have to have these conversations. So when we get on shows and we get on media and we get um, opportunities to show our stories, can we not just make them romantic comedies, right? Where it's like, oh, something really bad happens, then the knight in shining armor comes and saves the day and then you run off to be happily ever after. Sometimes you got to show the boring stuff, right? That's one of the reasons I like to show Black-ish mm-hmm. because I think they do a, a pretty good job of showing some of that day-to-day um, conflict that they go through, right? And, but yeah. they also show them really happy and professional and, and, mm-hmm. and all these other things that they go through things together and they actually work it out. To me, those are the kind of examples that we need so that when your kid is looking at that show, mm-hmm. they don't feel like you have to abandon or board ship you know, every time something didn't go your way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the only way to do it. Like my yeah. brother said, uh, what was it? Um, we have to narrate our own media. What'd you say? Well, we have to be masters, masters of, our of our own media. media. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And to that point that you brought up earlier about the relationship to black love and black wealth, right? And some of that is we have to own right? We have to be able to own our own media platforms. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we're able to, uh, when you look around the writer's table and who's writing uh, the episodes for Black, Black Blackish, where is the lived experience and representation around, uh, uh, around the table? And I am just, um, in awe of the power of story, Mm-hmm. And the power of narrative. And so uh, our ability to tell the full spectrum of Black love stories and our ability to see ourselves uh, in those stories, mm-hmm. whether it's in the projects from Good Times, right? Or it's yeah. in the suburbs from Blackish, right? And, and, yeah. and to tell those uh, uh, stories so that we see ourselves. Right? And, you know, there's a lot of dialogue that we all want to be seen, right? Mm-hmm. We all want to be seen. And the other piece of uh, being seen, and particularly young people, is not only do we want to be seen, but we also see what's being reflected back Absolutely. to us when we are being seen. Mm-hmm. And that's how we learn to love ourselves, when it's being reflected back uh, uh, to us, mm-hmm. but when we're being seen and there is uh, deficits and 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 there is uh, you know monster and negativity and unworthiness reflected back to us, we begin to take on uh, uh, you know those stories and 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 those reflections because uh, we got to be loved before we learn to love uh, ourselves yeah. and. And all the trauma, all of the battles and the fights uh, that we as Black people uh, have to wage just to love, right? Love becomes like a revolutionary act, right? Self-love becomes a revolutionary uh, uh, act. And so, you know, when you ask the question of like, what surprised you, surprised me the most, right? Mm -hmm is that it's the work and it's how hard, right? You just can't put it out there. It has to be nurtured, protected, um, revisited, 
and again, what love was uh, to me in you know the '90s and the '80s is different in 2022 because I'm different. Right, evolving. Yeah, exactly. Um, for the singles who think that it isn't possible, what's your response? Whew. What's my response? My, my response is, um, if you don't think it's possible, then it won't be, mm. right? And, and so to me, it all starts with how you believe. What do you believe? What do you, what do you tell yourself? Mm -hmm. And so you first have to tell yourself that black love is possible, that you can find someone to treat you, to treat you well. I think what we do is, and it's unconscious a lot of times, is we look for the confirmation bias. If you think mm. that it's not anything that's good about love, then you're going to consistently find that because you're going to search, you'll be searching for the confirmation, mm -hmm. right? But when you think that it is possible, then you'll be looking for the affirmation, right? And so to me, that is the piece that we got to start telling ourselves better things than, than uh, we affirm everything else. I'm going to, I'm going to get this job, all right? Um, I am love. They all these daily affirmations, people do all this self-work and all this other stuff. But when it comes to relationships, the way we look at it is so negative right. that why do you think that you don't have to do the same thing when it comes to relationships? Mm. And then the other thing is start with you. So a lot of people out here talking about love and finding someone is impossible. They haven't done their own work. Like, would you want to date you? And mm. then what is your plan? What are you being intentional about? Are you being intentional about finding this love that you're looking for? Or are you not? I tell you one thing, somebody looking for, for a new job, they intentional about that. They find a way. They put together a plan. They're strategic. They figure all these things out. They network. They do all this stuff. But when it comes to love, they think, "Oh, it's just gonna happen." And then when it doesn't, they're disappointed. Mm. So to me, you gotta you gotta change your mindset and then change your strategy. That's how I think about it. Mm. Mindset strategy. So you know, the relation coach uh, said it all right there. Um, I don't know what I would add to that for uh, the singles, um, mm -hmm. other to, than to echo uh, what Troy said. Um, I think instead of looking for the right one, just mm -hmm. be the right one. Do the work yes. on being the right one. And you, Sean, looking, you read Sean, you read my book, ain't you? Because that's a <laughs> chapter in my book called be the one. Book. So, <laughs> All right, you know, so uh so yes, yes, you know, be the right one. And then I think um we spend a lot of time looking at the label. Mm. And not enough time reading the ingredients. Mm. That's mm. good there. You know, uh, know what kind of ingredients you want. The label might look nice, right? Mm -hmm. uh, looking under the hood, right? But turning the label, the jar around and reading the ingredients and realizing, oh, that's some stuff that I don't want to be uh, 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 ingesting. That's some stuff I don't want in my life. And that's so... Um, and I know that it is, I've been with my wife, Desiree, for 28 years. Um, and we've been in mountains and valleys and folks that are single, like, oh, you're married. It's easy for you to say, uh, you know, stop looking for the right one and be the right one. Um, but uh, I do think that that is good, sound uh, uh, advice, right? And hold up your book again, Troy. There you go. So that's why I would recommend the singles uh, <laughs> go on uh, to Troy's website. Go to Amazon. It's on Amazon and on the in website. Amazon. Where do you want to go? 
teach me how to love. Mm-hmm. Right? And that teach part, sometimes we just think that it's like, it's it's innate. Mm-hmm. That teach part. It's important. It I mean, who, and, who, and, who, and Nika, who teaches us how to date? No one. <laughs> like, where's that come from? No one. Exactly. So it's like we're expected to learn how to do that too. We're just supposed to know. You wake up one morning, you turn 18, and they're like, go find you somebody. Mm-hmm. What? Like to me, we we are doing ourselves a disservice by not learning strategies and skills and things, especially in today's society, because yes. now there's so many vehicles to dating. It used to be, right? Remember, we we asked for this in the Western society. We asked for it to be mm. romantic love. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. other societies was make this was a business transaction. It was arranged marriages. You had all of these things where they were like, no, I'm going to choose this person for you. We wanted right. to be free from all that and make it romantic love and about how I feel. <laughs> so now we got to learn how to navigate all that. Yeah. We got we to gotta figure all that out. And there's got to be strategy and thoughts around that. It can't just be like we think it is where you just show up and it's just butterflies, you know, come. I think that's why I think one of the best places to meet your potential mate is was in college. Because mm-hmm. it was it was that that ground where everybody had similar values, right? Similar right. thoughts, and proximity was there. Mm-hmm. And so, as you become an adult, adult like an adult, adult, right. now you got to be a little more strategic because you're not just in that environment all the time, right? And so, I would tell a lot of singles out there, you got to have a strategy if you want to find someone. That's how you separate yourself on the scene. Is are you strategic about what it is, and do you even know what you want? Mm. A lot of people wouldn't even be able to identify it if it came into them. If it wow. came to them. Wow. So anyway, so many layers to that. I get excited yeah. about the dating part because to me, we oh the stuff I hear on a daily basis, it just drives me crazy because I'm like, well, if we would just have a little bit more strategy around what we're doing, you wouldn't be going through that. Right. Exactly. And you know, we gotta be intentional while the decla- like black love is not dead. Mm-mm. It's not. We have to be intentional about celebrating black love. Mm-hmm. I would venture to say if we polled 25-year-old black men, young men across the nation, that they have probably in- attended infinitely more funerals than weddings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So, yes, black love is more about, uh, it's not just about, you know, the marriage and the wedding. There is something about the celebration of black love, right? So the number of uh, of weddings that I've attended is like this as a young man or young woman growing up. But the number of funerals and, 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 and seeing my peers uh in premature premature deaths that yeah. does something uh yes, does. we expect more the death and focus more on that than the love the marriage um and uh so and, and you know i am all for marriage as well but mm-hmm. marriage is not just because you're married means you know that's the automatic key for successful black love, right? I'm sure we can have two couples, one that are not married, but communicate, trust, have Mm -hmm. the skills that Troy elevates uh, in Mm -hmm. his work. If you have a married couple, 
that don't practice those skills. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I just wanted to elevate that as well. Yeah. yeah. Gentlemen, that is our time. But before we I'm go. Already? Yes. Yes. Before we go, tell our listeners how they can connect with you. Go ahead, Brother Sean. You're the elder sure. here. Sure. Um, I can. You can connect with me at uh, DoveSoars, S-O-A-R-S dot com. Uh, that's my website, and that's where you can uh, get a copy of my book, also on Amazon and other uh, online retailers, I to America on Loving and Leading Black Men and Boys, uh, Sean Dove at LinkedIn, uh, Dove Soars, as you see on the screen, that is my uh, Twitter handle, and on IG, Sean underscore Dove. Thank you. There we go. Sure. There we go. So the first thing I would tell everybody on here, if you're watching now, just go to Instagram and follow what you see on the screen, which is at exclusive five. Um, but if you want to know more, the link is in my bio on there to my website, which, which is exclusive thoughts.com. That's X K L U S I V E thoughts.com. And if you don't, don't do anything else, go get the book, yeah. go get the book. Because to me, the book is the, is the calling card for me. The book says, you know, there's something to this, what this guy's trying to do. And uh, to me, if you are unsure, just go read the reviews. What's just the go book? to Amazon. Right there. There you go. How to love. Teach, yeah, me, how teach to love. me how to love. And the key is this word. Why what you don't know will hurt you. Mm. And that's what we're talking about today. It's why what you don't know will hurt you. Right. And so go read the reviews. Go on there and, and let the other people speak. And then decide if you want to get a copy or reach out for coaching or whatever it might be. But Nika, I am so honored that you had us on the show because this conversation is the one that's needed. And Mr. Yeah. Sean, man, you drop gems all day. Yes. Likewise, brother. And good to be connected with you now. And Absolutely. I'm looking forward. Uh, uh, you know, Ganika, you have been a matchmaker, right? You've matched yes. two brothers here in love yes. and, mm -hmm. uh, who knows what, you know, will happen. And we'll say, you know what? If we did not meet on I Change the Narrative, uh, this would not have happened, this collaboration. And Absolutely. Together. So thank you for all that you do and for having us. No problem. That is one of my goals for this um, platform is to matchmake um, in a loving way. So thank you for confirming that. Thank you for allowing I Change the Narrative to showcase your stories, for doing your part in changing the narrative, and lastly, for keeping your commitment by being a part of the show. That means a lot to me. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, please let us know. We would love to shout you out and post your comments. If you or someone you know is changing the narrative, please contact us at ichangethenarrative at gmail.com. We would love to share your stories. For I Change the Narrative merchandise, visit ichangethenarrative.org. Thank you to our sponsors, So Organic, So Suave. You can follow Sauce on Instagram and for the latest in product news and updates at sossd.co. Meet us here next Saturday, where we'll have more great show, more great conversations next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you all for listening.